From the US to Europe, an international podcast breaking down structured credit one tranche at a time. Welcome to The Last Tranche, Credit Flux's bi-monthly podcast discussing CLOs and all things structured credit. I am your host and reporter with Credit Flux, Hugh Minch. Hello and welcome to The Last Tranche. I'm joined today by Cyrus Moshiri. Cyrus is a director on the CLO team at New Mountain Capital. Cyrus, thank you for joining us. Hi, Hugh. Thanks for having me. I'm a big fan of the podcast. So New Mountain is a relatively new entrant to CLO management. Your firm uh, priced its first new issue in 2020 and currently manages uh, three deals worth about $1.2 billion. Last year, there were six new entrants to CLO management. This year, we've had four. Two of those were this month. That's uh, Beach Point and Sycamore Tree. Uh, what do you think it says about the CLO market that we're seeing this kind of demand for new firms to enter CLO management? I think it speaks to kind of the robustness uh, and growth we've seen of the loan asset class more broadly. Uh, as the loan asset class has grown, it's really created the, uh, the ability for new entrants and a diverse set of entrants to enter the CLO market. Uh, I would also add that the, the fact that CLOs exited COVID uh, with such strength and uh, performed quite well in, the, in every crisis of the past decade uh, really credentialized the asset class more broadly. Uh, we've, we've seen kind of tremendous growth in the space, and uh, 2021 has been uh, one of the most successful years yet in the market as such. How big can the CLO manager base get? Is there an optimal optimal numbers of CLO managers to exist relative, as you said, to the side of the of the loan market? Where do you think that figure is? Right now, there's uh, about a, a hundred active CLO managers uh, in the broadly syndicated uh, loan CLO space right now. We think that that number can tick up slightly, as it has been year by year, as the loan market grows. Uh, by the same token, there have been 22 managers who have not issued uh, a deal in the past year uh, who are actively managing CLOs. So we expect a number of those managers to exit the market, uh, mostly due to performance reasons. So the total number of managers will remain likely in the low 100s, but tick up slightly as the loan market grows. And what would happen if the CLO ma- manager base kind of grew beyond? That, that peak? Do you think it would be that managers start to find it harder to differentiate themselves or does it also become, does it become harder to make money too? I, I think it's both. Uh, you kind of saw that in 2014 when you had a lot of new entrants and standalone CLO shops entering the space. Uh, you really saw some of these newer entrants reaching for credit to result in a CLO equity profile that appealed to uh, CLO equity buyers who were mostly hedge funds and structured credit funds at the time. And that did not go well for for these managers in the oil and gas and metals and mining uh, crisis of 2015, 2016. So I do think if if for some reason we see many, many more entrants into the CLO market in 2022, um, you could see some of these managers really reach for reach for risk on the credit spectrum. But given the, the expense in, uh, in setting up a CLO platform, uh, we, don't re- we don't expect that to be our base case. And what's the appeal for a new firm entering the CLOs specifically? I mean, you mentioned the performance of CLOs this year and throughout COVID, but 
you know, perhaps that's not always the case, but it looked that CLOs are performing that well in any given time period, but there's also a benefit to a firm in having a CLO management arm, right? Yeah, I, I strongly believe that. Uh, CLOs versus other products such, a, such as hedge funds or mutual funds really present asset managers with a stable uh, long-term asset base and a long-term fee stream. And what we've seen in both the public and private markets is that, is that this fee stream and asset base is quite highly valued. So you've seen many uh, entrants from large established asset managers launching their own CLO platforms. And you've also seen uh, CLO platforms trade at record multiples as such. So I think there's a strong desire from uh, asset managers who may be seeing shrinking asset bases on the public equity side to enter the CLO market, given the rapid growth that the market has seen, as well as the stability of the asset base and fee stream. Right. And I think uh, you mentioned you know, uh, large asset managers entering CLOs. I think there's definitely two kinds of CLO manager that uh, you see entering the market. And I think you know, the two that we've seen in October kind of illustrate this. So, I mean, there's a, you get your standalone firms set up specifically to issue CLOs like Sycamore Tree, for example, or you have a manager like Beachpoint, and also I'd include New Mountain in this, that's you know, a large existing manager moving into CLOs. Do you think there are similarities and differences bet- between the motivations behind the two types of entrants and also what they need to uh, be doing uh, in terms of you know, making themselves appealing to investors? Sure. I, I think there are some real key differences. Uh, just to speak for ourselves, uh, New Mountain already had quite an established uh, credit management business. Uh, we started the business in 2008 uh, and launched our public BDC, NMFC, in 2011. Uh, we began managing broadly syndicated loans in 2014 mostly kind of in the B3 rated uh, part of the capital structure. And then we launched our first CLO in uh, 2020. The CLOs were really an extension of the rest of our credit business. We use the CLOs as a home for our best ideas in B3 and higher rated credits. And we have no other vehicles that really kind of play in that part of the uh, corporate capital structure. So for us, our CLOs are truly a best ideas fund. Uh, and, and that's part of the reason that I think it's that we justify our existence as a platform, that we, we, we're putting our best ideas to work in our CLOs, and we believe that the performance will play out as such. Uh, I, I think the, the situation is a little bit different for standalone CLO platforms, which can be quite successful and, and drive performance, but um, it's really a heavier lift, so to speak, to, to start up one of those platforms and credentialize it in the market, given uh, all, the, all the players in the space right now. I think that uh, it's going to be important to differentiate uh, a manager's style and uh, speak to kind of how they're going to access the market uh, on a go-forward basis. Right. So from your experience at New Mountain specifically and your conversations with investors and potential investors, what did you hear from them about some of you know, their priorities or their concerns when it comes to working with a relatively newer manager? Do you know, are, their, are their priorities different when compared to when they're working with an older platform? Yes, I, w- I would say for certain. 
Um, one of the main questions that investors ask new platforms uh, implicitly or even explicitly is, does it make sense for me to do work to diligence this platform? Will you be a regular issuer going forward? And will, uh, will your liquidity increase in the future? So one thing that we've been very cognizant of and tried to uh, telegraph clearly to the market is that we have a stable capital base from our GP and employees at the firm, uh, as well as seeing demand from uh, structured credit funds and uh, LPs who know our firm quite well. Uh, we expect our, our equity capital base to be comprised as such in the future, which really uh, allows us to be a serial issuer uh, for, for the years to come. And the market's been very receptive to that story. All right, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to come back and ask about you know, equity and how, how the equity is structured a little later on, but just going back to the size of the CLO manager base, I think you touched on this, but we've also seen, I'd say, an uptick in the num in the amount of consolidation within the market. There's been, I mean, just just this week, we've had uh, Oak Hill and Gallatin, both uh, t- two CLO managers, um, uh, that are getting acquired. What's driving that, and do you do you expect to see more more than that? Because I suppose that's the flip side to to the new entrance issue that, that we're discussing. I think that there's a few different reasons that. Uh, either in insurance companies or uh, established asset managers look to acquire CLO platforms. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, uh, large asset managers without CLO platforms, I think, envy the stability of the CLO asset base and the long-term nature of the fee stream that CLOs can generate. Um, Businesses with Long-term fee streams typically trade at higher multiples in both public and private markets. So we've seen a focus from established asset management firms uh, to either build or buy CLO platforms uh, as such. Uh, For insurance companies, it's similar, as a lot of them like to expand into the asset management space, but also create product uh, that's accretive from a... uh, from a risk-based capital charge uh, perspective uh, as well. Yeah, how much are these uh, platforms prepared to pay for a CLO manager? And also, you know, are they are they tend to be just acquiring the contracts, or is, is it you know contracts and people as well? It really depends. For success, for highly successful platforms that have a demonstrated ability uh, to raise equity and issue deals across market cycles, the valuations can be quite high, uh, similar to the transaction that you mentioned. Uh, for And those, those transactions would uh, include both people and contracts. For managers who have been struggling, the managers who haven't been able to issue a deal this year, for example, uh, those platforms may simply trade on a contracts basis as there are many CLO managers with fully established teams uh, ready to take on those contracts. And of course, the valuations uh, for simply the contracts uh, would be much, much lower. So let's just quickly go back to new entrants. So I think you you touched on this earlier, but the, the process of setting up a new manager has changed slightly over time. So like you said, it was the, the equity base in so pre-2014 was most mostly head funds and other kinds of fund structures. Could you elaborate on that point a little bit? How's the process of setting up a new manager changed over the years? 
Yes, I, I do. I think that risk retention really transformed the CLO equity capital raising dynamic in a manner where it was essential to find uh, capital as a new entrant to sponsor uh, your first few years of issuance from an equity perspective. Uh, we're lucky enough here at New Mountain to have uh, the full support of our GP uh, and employees who have bought uh, a majority of our equity on all of our deals uh, for their own account. We like the risk and we're, we're happy to own it. So we're very lucky from that standpoint. Um, other new entrants in the space have uh, struck deals and partnerships with providers of capital uh, to, to anchor their first few transactions uh, as well. Those are, are sometimes are in highly structured forms, but uh, it's essential as a new entrant in the space to have a stable equity capital base. And then once you're established, really be able to uh, go out and, and raise CLO equity capital from LPs that know your firm quite well and know your credit strategy well, uh, and or the structured credit market on the CLO and the CLO syndication process. So I, I think when we're thinking about setting up our platform, we definitely are focused on having a uh, diversified equity base because any one of those groups over time, their demand ebbs and flows. And I think the market really recognizes that uh, we have a stable equity capital base and, and expects us to be a serial issuer uh, in the years to come as such. Yeah, well, when I speak to debt investors, you know, a lot of them tell me that that's the first question they ask when they're being presented with a new deal opportunity is, you know, Who's taking the equity? Are there any ways that a manager can source equity that you think investors look at with more skepticism? I, I think it's really concentration uh, in, in one part of the, the market, right? I think we saw that in 2014 and 2015 when certain new entrants to the CLO market really were focused on where does the next equity dollar come from and optimizing portfolios to generate uh, modeled equity returns that hit kind of the en vogue profile of CLO equity at the time for certain hedge funds and structured credit funds, uh, rather than really focusing on fundamental credit analysis. Uh, those platforms' performance really uh, did not hold up in times of stress in 2015, 2016, and beyond. So we haven't really seen new entrants this time around have the same strategy as such. But uh, I think that that's something that debt investors are very keenly aware of right now. And goes back to my earlier point uh, that I think the market rewards uh, a diverse equity uh, capital base and a stable one. So just keeping looking on at things from an investor's perspective, if you're pitching to them as a new manager and maybe you don't have that track record that you can point to, what are some of the key details in your pitch book that investors will be looking at? You know, if you were, if you were to advise a firm that was looking to do their first CLO, what would your advice be? I think from our perspective, we had managed broadly syndicated loans uh, since 2014. We never had a default never had a sale below 95 and have built 13 basis points apart annually in a in portfolios that were nearly entirely B3 rated. 
That's kind of the key part of our pitch. Our credit picking philosophy starts at the top down from our firm. We, uh, we focus on picking companies that exist in defense, defensive growth industries and sectors that exhibit acyclicality, niche market dominance, and high barriers to high barriers to entry, just to name a few characteristics. And that starts on the private equity side of the house for us. And we share knowledge between the private equity and credit uh, parts of the business. So 40% of our names have been directly or indirectly analyzed by the private equity team. Another 50% of our names uh, are in these sectors that we know cold as a firm. Uh, so we really have differentiated knowledge when, uh, when picking credits in our, in our CLOs. And it was really telling that story um, to investors and kind of articulating that our credit philosophy uh, isn't changing from what we've done away from CLOs. And the performance and the strong performance we've seen kind of at New Mountain across the firm is going to permeate into CLOs. And investors were receptive to that, but I think rightfully so. Every, as most of your listeners, I think, would agree, managing CLOs is, a, is different from managing private funds or different capital structures. The, the rules associated with CLOs are, are quite different and one needs to kind of prove themselves in the market. So one thing that we've been extremely focused on is delivering a, kind of a, a clear articulate message on how we're going to uh, ramp our model portfolios, delivering on that ramp and being kind of really, really, strict about the uh, about our, our focus there and not not letting not letting ourselves stray depending on market conditions and then really kind of articulating communicating uh, with investors on the follow-up about how we plan to grow the platform uh, and the market's been quite receptive as such I, I think my advice to other managers entering the space is that versus years prior uh, there's demand for CLO managers at all four corners of the style box. I think that the COVID experience really proved out that managers such as ourselves who really prioritize NAV preservation, stable equity returns, uh, and really kind of and a low default rate to drive to drive returns ultimately, that structure works in in times of market stress. In previous robust CLO equity capital formation environments, the en vogue uh, profile really was higher cash on cash, higher spread, maybe slightly higher defaults to kind of drive higher modeled equity returns. But a lot of CLOs with that sort of profile didn't stand the, the test of COVID and other times uh, of stress in, in, in the CLO market. So that's really broadened the, the universe and style box of, a, of, of managers that are entering the CLO market. So more so than saying that a manager needs to be one specific style, I do think that the that the market is able to digest different sorts of styles, but it's important to 
clearly articulate uh, kind of a style and an investment philosophy to the market. Once a manager does that, more so than prior years as well, the wealth of data that's available to investors in the CLO market, we've never seen it like this before. Even versus two or three years ago, the amount of data on trading, relative performance uh, that's, that can be pulled from monthly reports is, is, is astounding right now. And what we've really seen is that this has sped up the timeline for manager credentialization and kind of joining kind of a, a, a better pricing tier. Uh, and it's also sped up the timeline for managers to be penalized by the market as well. So the market is really recognizing more quickly than before, are you staying true to your style box? Is there a style drift? And what is your relative performance? Uh, all in all, I think that's a great thing for the market as it matures. And I think that's one of the reasons that you've seen a lot more entrance to the space, uh, not just on the manager side, but on the investor side as well. So my final question to you, obviously, this has been a record breaker year for CLOs in, in lots of ways, but most importantly, in the volume of CLO supply that we've seen. That's led to increasing reports of investor fatigue. What's your view on um, that dynamic and how it will impact the ability of a prospective new manager to enter the market going forward? Look, I think it's been a, it's been a tiring year for all of us in the CLO market. Uh, I think it's the busiest year many of us have, have ever had in the space. Uh, so it's it's not surprising, and I definitely hear reports about it. Investor fatigue as well. I, I do think some of that is seasonal. Um, I think some of that's driven by the pull forward and issuance we've seen uh, due to the live or so for transition. Uh, so look, I think that if I were a new entrant. Uh, right now in the CLO market, I probably wouldn't be bringing my deal in November or December. But that being said, I do. I think this kind of investor fatigue will ebb uh, starting in probably early mid Q2 next year uh, as everybody comes back from the holidays. Investors have, uh, have increased their budgets for fiscal year 2022. Uh, and I think we, I think in a benign credit environment, we could continue to see new entrants uh, to the CMO market next year. Cyrus, thank you so much for joining the last tranche today. It was great to hear your views on, on this topic. Thank you, Hugh. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for listening to the last tranche. If you like our show and want to know more, subscribe to Credit Flux and follow us on social media. Please leave comments, rate, like, and share our content. 